Thank you so much. Today we have another episode, another journey on our personal journey to sustainability. And today we go to Glasgow to discuss with uh, an expert that has walked many different areas. She has been in the development cooperation, she has been in the private sector, she has become an expert on B Corp, and now she is also turned in also in a leadership coach. So I want to welcome here Mala Beckett. I hope I pronounce you properly the name to the Sustainability Journey podcast. Thank you, Mala. You did. And thank you so much for hosting me. I'm very happy to be part of this wonderful podcast. It's really interesting to see your journey because it's really, when we met you and we discussed, I see already that our purpose has been enshrined in your life and your decision. Can you please tell us, you know, a bit about your your personal journey? How have you reached your sustainability? How have you reached your passion for purpose? Yeah, good question. And as always, it goes back to childhood. I'm the daughter of a, a social worker and a teacher. And I saw my parents are incredibly big on social welfare and environmental um, matters. My dad was a science teacher, so brought up with really strong values and social environmental impact. And I saw how much my parents are struggling to bring up a large family on their wages. So I decided I was going to buck the trend and go into the private sector, maybe become a CEO, an accountant, something like that. So I studied and um, my mum did give me the love of, of the travel bug. So I decided to study international business and economics as my degree. And I was going to be a high flying international businesswoman. And I studied that and I went into a blue chip company to be a financial analyst. And I felt absolutely empty and uh, stressed and exhausted and burnt out, but but for all the wrong reasons. Um, At that point, I decided to take a change and um, I took a master's in development economics and decided that I would use my business and economics background to um, work on the development problem, poverty and inequality. And um, I spent the next maybe 12 years of my career working in international development, largely in Africa and advising countries on sustainable, inclusive economic growth. Um, and that was fantastic. Um, did some work, work with some incredible people. Um, I spent a lot of time where you are now in Kenya, Somalia, in Western Africa, and really working at the very top policy level um, in terms of getting funding from international corporations and organizations to fund security and poverty. But it came at a point where I was just, I, I think, and I'm glad there are people that can work in a top policy level, because it's really important that government and international organizations are legislating for these things, are safeguarding. But actually, it, I came to the realization that really business has to be the sustainable solution for inclusive economic growth. And I wanted to test that. At some point, I decided it was time to move to the private sector and see if we could solve big problems in the world with the private sector. So um, I jumped ship and I left where I was working at the time, which was a Department for International Development in Somalia. And I joined a company called Intrepid Travel. So huge career change. <laughs> and they're a company I'd been traveling with for a very long time because they had um, a way of travel that was providing local economic development um, and cultural exchange. And they were on the way to becoming a B Corp. And I never would have left the civil service working in social development for any less of a company, a company that although it was profit making and private sector, they were really doing their best to use their business as a force for good in the world. So I managed their operations in sub-Saharan Africa for the next three years, basically got 
I know you're studying an MBA at the moment. I got my practical MBA by managing four businesses across Africa. That was a wonderful experience. Yes. <laughs> Most definitely. Wow. Um, you know, I can see already purpose. You know, it's, it's really amazing how you are the third person that left a blue chip company and an analyst and I'm sure a very rewarding and a satisfying salary to find for purpose, to really uh, go and follow your passion. And the word you use, empty, is exactly the same word we use by others. It's really interesting for me. And then you went to the cooperation, which is, uh, and then the B Corp. Let me ask, you know, maybe your experience in the development and the bilateral cooperation. Can you give us, you know, just your view of those that word, since you were an insider, a very top level? I mean, in some ways, it's incredibly exciting to be working on that level. I'd be the UK representative around the table, you know, trying to get funding for, you know, a country's to support their development. I mean, that was that was incredibly empowering and I was incredibly fortunate to be making those decisions. It's also a lot of responsibility. And I think probably what didn't work for me was just the pace of change. The public sector, and uh, maybe times up by several times if you're thinking of an international organization, uh, you know, being the government of the world, not just one country, the pace of change. And I think um, you may make a decision, but actually action takes a while longer and can be stalled by the smallest and biggest of things. You know, I was working in Somalia and security is a massive thing, gets in the way of everything. And then economic development is to support security, but nothing can happen. So there's a lot of chicken and egg going on. And I think not one of my strengths is patience. And I think I'm glad we have more patient, more diplomatic people in the world that are working on things. Because I think absolutely, as much as I say business needs to be the sustainable answer, we need governments and international organizations to support and provide an enabling environment for business and able to do its job. And I think they need to be complementary. So, I mean, I, I now work with people across the public, private and nonprofit sectors. And I think I'm able to do that because I understand, I've been in all three situations, I understand how we can work together. Um, so I, th I don't think it's a bad thing to have people moving from one sector to the other. It supports us all collaborating together. We've all got to work together towards these things. And there's an absolute massive role for government, international organizations. But I think it's about as you move through your career journey, owning your kind of zone of genius and your strengths and knowing where you can make the most difference. And I just figured actually in that role, this is where I was going to make the most difference. There are other people that are uniquely talented and able to make a big difference there. I got the impression I could probably make uh, more value elsewhere so I I moved on and but took everything with me from my you know my former lives I think that's important for me. I, I totally agree with you when you say you know the pace of change is sometimes you know it's it's really a pain to be in this meeting several meetings and the discussion it seems nothing happened and I think as much as we can appreciate the enabling and then it's, it's it's very very important that's why also we need i think also on the b corp there is also the part on the advocacy and the benefit corporation establishment but i think you have found in your experience that business is is a key because it, that is where you can make an impact you can have an impact with quicker pace let me ask you know your move you said you were in a travel company you know intrepid and uh, and also b corp I'm really interested by the the two because usually we imagine B Corps associated with I don't know the small farm producing organic or maybe somebody doing sustainability consulting in services. But travel, can you explain a bit more? You know because it's it's really fascinating. 
Yeah, sure. Well, let's give you some examples. So the B Corp um, has five pillars for sustainability. One is governance. Is the company well governed? So has, has the board got men and women on the board? Is it representative of the customers and the clients? Is there really good corporate governance? Does it um, take into account at board level decisions the the positions of all stakeholders, not just shareholders or owners in the company? So is there good consultative processes? And the travel company I worked at was good and increasingly got better at improving its governance and its stakeholder approach to business while going through the B Corp process. So that's kind of governance side. And that can apply to any company, right? On the worker front, the company I went with inspired by the B Corp process actually went towards a partial um, worker ownership model. So employees were able to properly have, you know, a seat at the table. And, you know, it was a company, especially for, I mean, I was largely based in Kenya, you know, and we were able to attract and retain and keep engaged all of our staff in the time I was there because the company paid a really good living wage. It had excellent benefits. It had healthcare. It had access to pensions. And that's not commonplace in Kenya. And that was company policy. It had a global maternity policy. That's not common. Looking after your workers, again, it doesn't matter what, what industry you're in, B Corp provides a really good framework for the travel company to be, actually, no, we will. We're already doing great things. And it gave an inspiration for the company I was working for to do really good things. Uh, the community model, how is the company being really good for the community? Well, Intrepid had a philanthropic arm, which, um, they were giving to all sorts of different local organizations in the country and the B Corp, because B Corp is sort of three things. It's one, what policies do you have in place? What would you like to be doing with your company? Secondly, you get more points to say, we're actually doing this, we're taking action on it and we can prove we actually put our money where our mouth is and we actually do it. And thirdly, what's the impact? What outcomes are you having from that? And that's the tricky one. So although when I think Intrepid started the, the B Corp process, it was able to say, yes, we have a philanthropic arm, we give money. That will be well, how much and what percentage of your revenue and where is it actually going and is it aligned to the mission of your company so it was able to take that philanthropic arm and really focus on what's actually going to be providing skills um that will not only support local people but that would help actually help to bring um people trained through local programs into intrepid and provide jobs um, and then was able to measure the impact of the philanthropic arm by saying well, this is how many jobs are created and these are how many families so um, there was a lot of community-based tourism, making sure that international tourism dollars went into local pockets, local tour leaders, local businesses, women-owned tour. So that's the community impact that a tour company can have. On the environmental side, uh, Intrepid was climate neutral and it became climate positive in the time that I was there. So it offset, I guess it reduced as much as it could do. It's a travel company, so Intrepid would also as much as possible use the lowest impact form of transport use public transport where possible within a country that's not always possible you're in kenya you know what the public transport in terms of health and safety is so health and safety first but where public transport could be used it would be used and after reducing emissions intrepid offset all of their emissions um, and then actually began to invest in a seaweed project offshore to start to be climate positive so Yes, um, I've had other companies say to me, if a tourism project can be a B Corp, then I don't think B Corp is worth its salt. And I think the thing about B Corp is it's encouraging every business and every industry to be the best business they can be. Um, and then finally, I think the, the fifth pillar for B Corp is customers. 
um, which is all about are you having a positive impact on your customers and how do you know you are? So actually the B Corp process encouraged Intrepid to move over to an NPS and a promoter score to get much richer data on what great things people loved about the company, what they didn't like, so they could have a much better feedback loop to improve its products and services to create more value with customers, um, which obviously then feeds into the, the third P after people and planet to profit. Intrepid have much better data and are able to provide better services to have better customer loyalty and to grow their business. So they're just some of the ways that that company used B Corp to be a better, you know, already was a good company to be actually a better force for good. Wow, that is really an impressive case, I must say. As you said, if a travel company can do it, everybody can do it. And then the impact that you are having is quite interesting. I want to ask you, you know, let me, who started the project? Was it you or was it started by the company? And after having been through such a a process, you know, which were the lessons that you have learned and then you are taking with you? Well, I guess first it, I was able to test my hypothesis that business can be a force for good. It has to it has to be driven by the founders. It has to be driven by the owners, by top-level management, because it's not always the easiest things to do, but it's the right things to do, and it can have a great impact on your bottom line. And I think what I now, I do some B Corp consulting and I support companies through the B Corp application, and I guess I bring my my leadership coaching in, I think it's really important that people, owners and and, uh, heads of organizations are having a clear vision of where they want their organizations to go, how they want to be a better company for the world. And they use the B Corp framework to support and to align with that. Because there's no point in just ticking boxes or doing things for for doing sake. It supports you to take your company where you want to go. So supporting a leader of organization to get a really clear vision on how they want to be a good company. And what they can just let go and say, no, we're not going to be doing that. That doesn't suit that doesn't suit our industry, our founders, you know, vision in the world. Um, so I think it's really important that people are doing this for the right reason. And if you've got good purpose-driven reasons for doing it, then it can be wonderful support and it can be, you know, a win-win for everybody. You have touched a very good point, which are the motivation. Of course, even in the academics papers, there are several studies. It's really the people that believes and which they are called, you know, the preachers in some papers are the ones that really get uh, to reap the benefits of the B Corp and also see it also going through recertification as well and use the B impact assessment as a way also to transform themselves. It's really important. And this touch as well to the leadership part, you know, the coaching and your next move. So you have now from the financial analyst to the development expert, now you have a successful uh, manager of a company. And then now you are a B Corp expert, a B leader, in a, and then as well, you know, now you, you have also transitioned a bit to the leadership, which is, I think, the key for enabling the transformation. So how lead started and then how you can put leadership in the context of sustainability? Yeah, I think how it happened for me, I guess I was probably three, four, five years ago, I was my own ideal client, my coaching client. I was an incredibly busy Uh, director of four companies, 200 staff, several million turnover. I was flat out uh, leading my team, transforming my businesses, uh, launching new products, completely 
overwhelmed and probably not focusing on all the right things, getting distracted. And I hired a business coach. And wow, <laughs> if you get the right coach, someone to give you time and space once a week, once a fortnight to set out your strategic priorities, someone that believes in you, someone that can say, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Why don't you take action on that? How can you take action on that? What's stopping you from taking action on that? Go back and experiment with a few things and come back to me next time and we'll talk about what you learned. I mean, wow, that really supported me to move the needle in my business. Um, and I always enjoyed coaching and mentoring my team as one of the, the, you know, the best parts of my job. Um, so after a while, when my visa and my three-year term was coming to an end, I was like, wow, I think this is the thing that's going to have me leave employment and set up my own company. So I certified as a co professional coach, um, ended up certifying as a trained B leader as well at the same time, because I didn't want to leave the B Corp movement. And I started to support leaders who were just like me, leaders that had a really big mission in the world for either social or environmental change that were high achievers, were driven, were very passionate about what they wanted to achieve in the world, but maybe just needed a little bit of support, a little bit of space, someone else to believe in them too, someone else to have them go out and experiment and take action and come back and learn and improve and to bring their teams with them because no man is an island and it can be quite lonely at the top, but the only way we're going to enact change is to bring our teams and our partners and our collaborators with us. So supporting people to lead that change, not just to be the change. I think that's clearly I can feel the passion in me. I can very passionate about that. So I work with some wonderful people to help them to do wonderful things by reminding them of their strengths and their talents. And yeah, they can make a difference and blooming heck they should do. I think you can see the passion. I can feel it even from the distance, from all the kilometers and the oceans dividing us. What you just said, you know, be the change, not just a bit, but then also lead and be together with the team and create. So in the, which, which are the, the characteristics, the leadership characteristics, since you, have, you, are, you are with leaders that they are like you, passionate, they want to make an impact and they are changing, you know, especially also maybe we can say be positively deviant. Uh, doing businesses in different ways. So which are the, the characteristics for leading for good from your experience? Yeah, well, I think, you've, I mean, the first thing you've just mentioned, really, it's being purpose-driven. It's having a problem that gets you really fired up, that you're driven and focused and committed to being part of the solution. I mean, that's absolutely essential. I start, I always start with my new clients with what's your mission in the world and what else and what else and what else? Dream big. You know, people people might have an idea about what they want to do, but they're not given space to dream and to really figure out where they want to go. So having that that drive, and often that's triggered by problems that really get under their nose. So that's one thing. And I think the next thing, it's a mix of, of courage and open-mindedness. It's courage to take action. It's courage to put yourself out there. But it's also having the courage to listen. And I think listening is a superpower that often isn't mentioned so much in leadership. So it's being brave to own what you know and what you can do, but being also really brave and courageous to say, this is what I don't know. And this is what I need to learn from you. And especially if you're in a leadership position, it can be quite hard coming into a new leadership position and saying to your team, I don't know what you do. I don't have your backgrounds, but I'm gonna listen and learn and you're going to be empowered to make your difference in the world complementary to what we're all doing. So I think listening is a massive superpower and it's having the confidence to take action, but also to know when to sit back and to empower others, which leads on, I think, to the third leadership trait is really elevating others. It's knowing you can't make a change on your own. 
being good at you know all the people I work with they're, in, they're people people they're good at engaging they're good at relating to and empowering others and empowering others to use their complementary gifts um, to make a difference and you know knowing that we all need to work together and I think probably finally it's investing in themselves I think a good leader invests in themselves they're curious about what they don't know and they're willing to invest and learn in new skills and new ideas and I suppose the, the leaders I work with they do invest uh, in their own coaching ability too right they're actually investing in time and space to be strategic and to be a better leader and a better manager which enables them to take more action and different action and, and to experiment and be okay being messy and not having it right all the time so yeah I think being purpose-driven being courageous, listening, elevating others and investing in themselves. I think that's a very strong cocktail. Indeed, it's a very strong cocktail. I wish we have more leaders like that, leaders that they really empower, they have the emotional intelligence to understand others. I like the listening part also because mainly sometimes we are used to leaders that just tell. So, but you know, they need to be open. That is very, very, very interesting. And you know, everyone has the potential to be that leader. Sometimes it just needs someone to believe in them. When I truly mean it, there's some of the best words I can tell to someone, I believe in you. That can really just flip the switch between someone questioning themselves and being like, oh, okay, okay, I'm gonna try something. I think it's a, it's a strong foundation for everything, even personally from my own experience to put yourself out of the comfort zone. It's very difficult always to self-believe. And if you are lucky to have somebody that believes in you, I think it can make a change and, and especially a coach that can help walking this path. It's really interesting. From your experience, we are approaching in the end, but I want to ask, you know, for the audience, since you are a practitioner, now you have been in the field for many years. Can you share some examples, some experience in something that uh, maybe stand out from your many years of being a consultant in the B Corp, in the leadership that you want to share? I'm always impressed by people that invest their time in other people. I think um, we talk a lot about investing in ourselves and investing money. Um, and I think time is our most valuable resource. Um, I think anyone that is any leader that is willing to invest time in themselves and in other people to make a real difference. And um, I think I was chatting with a client the other day about, oh, are people just greenwashing, going through the B Corp process, saying they're being a company. And I said, any company that's willing to put serious time and resource behind improving themselves um, for good of the people on the planet, that's not greenwashing. That's an you know, incredible commitment of time. And I, th I think I see that with all the, the people I work with, people actually willing to put their time for the greater good. I think that's worth so much actually what you are doing now you know this is uh, you, you are giving your time to give us your insights and share your experience for the benefit of the of the listeners and then to to show a light on different paths for sustainability from company to others since we are approaching the end of the episode can you have um, your final message something that you want to to make to stick to to our audience from your different and diverse experience as a leader and i would say personally if you've got something that triggers you that gets you all fired up and you know that you've not taken significant action on it then have a think about what's one small action 
one small step that you could take to move yourself forward? What one conversation can you have? Um, what one small step can you take personally? And you know, every small difference, every small step makes a difference. And you know, with COP in mind, we're we'll be going through COP as this uh, as this airs. One conversation can go a really long way with the right person. When I talk about investing in time, um, it's often about collaborating with other, maybe like-hearted, different-minded people and the synergies and the impact you can have by collaborating with others. So what conversation can you have? What partnership can you form to have great synergies and make an impact on the thing you want to? And I think that's basically what, what COP is all about, right? Bringing people together, bringing different minds together to work on really complex systemic issues, which we know none of us can solve on our own. So it's about being open to collaboration, owning your strengths, owning your skills, but also knowing that other people with their complementary skills and talents, you know, between you, you can produce so much more than you could on your own. So take some action and collaborate, I guess, would be my two messages. Wow. This is a message I really like. And we really hope that also this episode of the process can motivate people, you know, to engage, to discuss, and really, as you say, to collaborate with like-minded people together change is possible. And I really like it. That is also actually what motivated me to do this spot. I'm really happy for, for your message. No, thank you so much. I mean, uh, it was a very good episode. And uh, it, I, I think you have touched, as a coach, you have touched very well some points that then I hope they can make people reflect and really can help them find passion and purpose in their life. So thank you so much. I hope so too. Thank you, Samuele. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm really, I'm really happy, Mayala, for your time and we will see you again. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.